Jones steps up. Ricketts is at the high point. Jones. Aromaterio has a lane. Nicholas Aromaterio, the shot. Scores! Holy jumping! The Italian Stallion puts the puck in the back of the net. Mamma mia, Nicholas Aromaterio! Callum Jones for Potts. At the blue line, kept in by the skate of Thomas Maya. Maya. Down low on the half course, he swings out of the slot for Potts. Kyle Potts has it. Hangs on. Now he shoots. Scores! Holy jumping! How do you do? Kyle Potts puts the puck in the back of the net. Blocked that shot. And coming the other way is Alton McDermott. He's in on the breakaway. Scores! Holy jumping! His grandfather, Paul Henderson, must be ecstatic about that one because Alton McDermott just scored his first career Buckland Cup final playoff goal. Has been close. The Dukes are in the Oakville zone. Zone Elvis swung that around. The Blades are trying to tie this puck up. It goes into the corner. The Blades have a chance to get this out. Elvis will tie it up. 10 seconds. Gilmore has it at the point. It's in. Just wide. Seven seconds. It's back in the corner. Ewing's blocking. Three, two, one. The Oakville Blades. You're watching and listening to Mamma Mia! This is Fire Talk with Nicholas Fiore. Welcome back, everybody, to episode number 55 of Mamma Mia! This is Fire Talk. I'm Nicholas Fiore, the host of the show and play-by-play broadcaster for the Oakville Blades in the Ontario Junior Hockey League. And joining me on this edition of the show, the very first female on Mamma Mia! This is Fire Talk in the episode version, Emma Woods. Emma, thank you for uh, joining. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Nick. I appreciate it. Didn't know Absolutely. I was the first, didn't know I was the first female, so it was pretty neat. Yeah, so the first <laughs> female on the episode, we had a few college soccer uh, or League One Ontario semi pro girls on the uh, on the Instagram live side. But um, appreciate you coming on, Emma, for the Toronto Six in the Premier Hockey Federation, formerly known as the NWHL, wearing number sixty-seven. You can see uh, a celebration of a goal behind me. Uh, for sure. But uh, Emma, you know, for the Toronto six, for this team, you're on the tail end of the season. You guys have a pretty solid record up in first place right now with 44 points. Um, how is this season going? And, and, you know, the playoffs are looming high expectations, aren't there? Yeah. You know, we obviously had this expectation for ourselves uh, at the beginning of the year. You know, we have one goal in mind. That's a bring home the cup. Um, so obviously we put ourselves in a good position to do that so far. It's been, you know, an interesting season in, in regards to COVID and all the different adversity that, you know, everyone in the league has had to face. Um, but we have a pretty special group and I think we've built a, a really great culture um, in Toronto. So, you know, that's a big part of why we, we do have the record we have. I think it's, it's the group, it's the coaches, it's the management. Um, it's, you know, everyone's all in um, every single day we're at the ring. So. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And you and you know what that, but that's 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 good to that's good to see and good to hear because it is it's still a newer franchise, right? It's still a newer team. You came in um, from the beginning, from the expansion season, right? So it's good to see, isn't it, that that this team, you know, 
in the likes of playing against like the Buffalo uh, Buttes, let's say they've been in the league for a while, right? But you guys come in and, and really this season you're, you're taking a, a step forward, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Obviously last year was a little, you know, unconventional. It was more just tournament style. So take that with a grain of salt, but you know, we are excited to have a, a semi normal um, structured season. Um, you know, we try to build off of each other, each game, we knew, you know, we know we're going to get everyone's best game for one, you know, we're a top seed. And I think being a new team in the league, you know, everyone kind of has your number. Um, and we knew that coming in. So we, I think we do truly get everyone's best game. And I think it makes us a better team. Um, these last two weekends have been, every single game has been a grind. We came out four and oh in the last four games, but it's one goal games, right. And came down to the wire, these last two in overtime. Um, so, you know, that's preparing us for the playoffs. And I know this upcoming week, against Connecticut is going to be just as tough, if not even harder. So looking forward to it. Exactly. Exactly. You're, you're, well, you're from, you're from Ontario, right? You're from Burford, Ontario, but you, you went to NCAA D1 in the States, of course. And then, and then your, your pro path led you from, for what I know is, is, is pretty weird in playing in China, but then in the CWHL. So I needed to jump on that right away. I needed to ask that because I know my hockey, but playing in China and in the, what is the Canadian women's hockey league when it yeah. was called, you know, when you were in it then, how the heck did that happen? Or how, how was that all about? Yeah. You know, they started that team um, with a mission to develop their national team for the Beijing Olympics. Um, you know, they get a buy into the Olympics they just did have one. Um, so they wanted to really develop those players. So what they kind of did was started two teams in the Canadian women's league because there was no league in China. Um, so they decided and had the resources to do that. Um, and just through my connections, actually shy dark Angelo, she signed with the program first and got me kind of connected with digit. And anyway, it worked out where I kind of jumped on board with that. And yeah, I was there for two years. It was, um, crazy experience. Um, but it was awesome. And the hockey was great. Obviously, you know, that league was, it was good at that time. And um, so it was great hockey, a lot of travel. And, you know, I got to play hockey in China. I didn't even know if I'd ever go to China in my lifetime. And I got to play hockey, pro hockey there for two years. So <laughs> I was going to say that must be an, that overall though, like it's an interesting experience. I mean, we saw the Olympics, yeah. uh, the past winter Olympics, of course, obviously the Canadian women's winning the gold medal, beating the, the Americans, but, you know, playing hockey in China, that that probably wasn't even said to you when you were growing up, eh? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> <laughs> the Not experience in itself was crazy, though. No. Yeah, it it was it was it was pretty cool. Um, you know, obviously the culture and the players and you know everyone I got to meet. Uh, and we were also in South China, so it was like tropical weather all year round. It was like hot, like in January. So. So Florida, so Florida in China. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's awesome. You were obviously though drafted. Uh, in 2016 in the NWHL by the Buffalo Buttes. Um, but here, the, the route led you a little bit elsewhere. After China, you went to, you went to Sweden um, in the 1920 campaign. How uh, was that experience now, you know, in a European country? Yeah, you know, when the CWHL folded, um, I wasn't exactly sure what my next step was going to be. And then I got this opportunity to go play in Sweden and I, you know, thought, why not? I was at a good place, you know, as a player and in my life to do something like that. Um, and that was completely different, obviously, than China and what it's like playing at home here in Toronto. Um, but I loved it. You know, Sweden is such a big hockey country. They have an, 
incredible women's league there um, all across the country. They have teams um, and it was all about hockey. So, you know, I loved it. Uh, the people I met, the teammates, my coaches, um, it was great. I, I honestly considered going back for a second year and then obviously they, they started the franchise here in Toronto and brought me back home. So that was, that made the decision pretty easy for me, but um, yeah, I definitely, it was, it was a great experience. I know a lot of good players that go over and play over there too and have stayed there for many years. So. Well, I mean, you didn't do too bad. 35 games, 29 points in Sweden. So, you know, you, you had, you, you had the numbers, right? Um, you had what, 19 points in the first year in China and 16 in the following year. And obviously coming to Toronto six, you have, if I'm not mistaken, 17 points so far this season, eight and eight or eight and nine, uh, eight goals, nine assists. Did you feel like, it, you know, even though, what are you, 95, we are the same age, but did you <laughs> feel like that you, um, it, it was time to come home after a little bit of a route, you know, through Asia, then through Europe and then, okay, Toronto, I'm from Ontario. It only makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, I went and played college hockey in the States too. So I hadn't really played at home and it was like eight years or something. Yeah. So especially with last year, we're not actually getting to play at home. Um, but yeah, like, you know, when you're away for that long, obviously you keep doing that and it's fun. And I love all those experiences, but it's a different feeling getting to play at home. And like, I think Sunday's game, I had like 25 friends and family there. Like that's something so special and something you don't get when you get a, when you go play overseas, obviously you have the, the odd family member and, and friend come over, but it's special playing at home. And it, you know, that's why this organization I've been here since obviously the start last year, but you know, it means a lot to me and I feel like I'm really a part of it. So. I don't know if I'm saying the uh, university's name, right. But Quinnipiaki, Quinnipiaki, Quinnipiaki. Quinnipiac, yeah. Quinnipiac, <laughs> see, university, yeah. uh, you were an assistant captain, then you were in a, cap, a captain as well, uh, 2013 to 2017, 106 points in 149 games played. You know, I always like asking uh, people their their college or university or post-secondary uh, journey and careers because everyone almost has a different, a different story. Um, how was yours, obviously, moving away from home, of course, in the States, your overall experience in uni? Oh, it was incredible. I mean, yeah, I came from a small town and before I started getting recruited, I knew nothing about division one college hockey. I, so it kind of just got thrown into it, um, the recruiting process. And it was awesome. You know, they have a great culture at Quinnipiac. Um, there were seven girls in my class and to this day, the seven of us still talk all the time and we're like best friends. So, you know, with that, all the friendships, you know, the coaches, um, obviously it's a lot when you're a student athlete, um, struggling school and practice and games and travel and everything. Um, but you know, we got all the resources and I think it, they really set us up for success there. Um, you know, I think I grew as a hockey player and, and definitely as a person as well. Um, and it really made me love the game uh, even more when I left. So. It's always important also when you, when you have, when you're in a leadership role, right. Um, assistant captain, captain, now you're an assistant with the Toronto six, how, I guess maybe how much of an honor do you, do you have, or, or what are the, the major leadership skills that keep on getting you the letters, the letters on, on the chest and how big of a role is that for you? Yeah, I definitely take a lot of pride in that. Um, I don't just accept that lightly. Um, when I get chosen to be a leader on the team, I'm definitely a vocal person, like on the ice and off the ice. Uh, that's probably <laughs> one of the reasons, you know, I get noticed for something like that from my teammates. Um, you know, 
chirps and you know just I'm, I feel like I, I like to be you know approachable for all the players and, and for the staff as well um, and then obviously on the ice it kind of lights a little fire under my ass too you know obviously when you have a letter you you got to play the right way and play for the girls next to you so I try to do that every game you know in in with my sister plays you know league one on Terrace pro as a, as a goalie in soccer right and and you can see that you know, growing up, the, the, there's not many avenues, there's not many routes, right, for, for you know, girls in, in, in sports in general. And, you know, almost the same for you, if I'm not mistaken, that you have to start, you have to play with boys until the Bantam level um, mm-hmm. with the Burford Coyotes. And, and, and you know, you, I, I, for me, I would think you were probably owning, owning half, of those, half of those boys on the ice, but that's obviously a, an outsider's opinion that uh, I just wanted to state because normally – or sometimes that happens, right? Um, because there's so much skill that a girl or a female can have, but it's not recognized or there's not enough leagues in order to um, be placed in. If you remember how much you remember when you were younger, you know, playing with the boys, uh, was it was it always nice if you scored a goal you or, or you you showed a, a, a little boy up and saying, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm good too, guys. It's kind of funny. I didn't even really see it that way. I think Okay. You know, I didn't have the option to play with the girls. Um, and all those kids, guys were just like my buddies. <laughs> they were all my friends from school or, you know, from in town. Um, so for me, yeah, obviously it was, you wanted to, you know, show off a little bit as, as the only girl, but, you know, I just felt like another one of the boys really when I was on that team. Um, and then, yeah, obviously I made the jump in Bantam. I think size was a factor and also it was just the right time, I think, to start making that connection and, and make the switch. So. As mentioned, you were with uh, the Toronto Six since the expansion, June 2020, and you also got some history under your belt with it, um, assisting on the first goal in franchise history. Um, I'm sure the celebration from everyone was great, but how cool is it, no matter what, no matter where you go, no matter where this team goes or the league goes, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of in a record book with the Toronto Six. Yeah, I think obviously it's special to be a part of a moment like that and have Lindsay Eastwood, you know, one of the most loved defenders on our team, uh, players, people on our team, honestly, uh, to bury that goal. But, you know, I think for all of us, we've we've kind of just been a part of it from the start. You know, obviously it's, yeah, like I said, it's supposed to be a part of a moment like that, but it's really just special to be a part of this team at this time. Um, you know, obviously I see, I just see this league doing really well and this organization having success for years to come. Um, and hopefully honestly forever and girls can dream of playing for the Toronto six and all those things that we play for every single day. Um, so yeah, it is special to be a part of, um, the beginning of it all. Absolutely. I was going to mention a little earlier, but for when you were back in, you know, in university, how much did, did that team or that school in general set you up to go into the professional ranks? Sorry, can you repeat that? just the middle of that just cut off. How did, how did, you know, when you were in university, right. You know, you, you always get experience on and off the ice, but how did university in hockey, I guess, in general really set you up or, or did it mature you in order to become, okay, a professional hockey player now? Absolutely. Yeah. You learn so much about the game. Obviously it depends on your coaches, but you know, we, for one had a ton of structure in the way we played. And I learned a lot about, you know, the way the game can be played in different perspectives. Um, and a lot of the, the smaller details, you know, it's not just all about how skilled you can be, but it comes down to a lot of different things um, on the ice. And I think that really did prepare me, you know, as a leader too on the ice, um, playing the right ways, you know, not cheating on pucks, not 
all these small little details that we focus so heavily on at Quinnipiac, it really does take you far as a professional athlete, um, professional hockey player. Um, you know, I think coaches notice when one of the girls have come from Quinnipiac, <laughs> I think a lot of creds goes to our coaches there, Cass Turner and, and the rest of them. Um, yeah, they really did a good job preparing us, not just to be great hockey players, but to be great, just athletes and, and leaders and people. Um, and all those things kind of come into, come into account when you become a pro player. So how many family members got Quinnipiac's name wrong when you said you were going to that school? I'm <laughs> probably all of them. Because <laughs> there's they've no got, way. They've got it now, though. Even like grandma and grandpa, they've got it now. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, you know, I, I always I, I want to touch upon the the you know the avenue part of it, and obviously, woman. You know, they say woman in sports, woman in sports. But I mean, sports for everyone, right? I'm not just saying that because you're on there. I have cousins and, and my sister and all that, you know, they're, they're in high levels of, of, of their sports. We, uh, I believe the announcement came a couple of weeks ago, you know, the, I think women's hockey and the PHF are, are getting, you know, more money and, and, and to, to give, I don't know, you know, I don't know the whole gist of it because, you know, I, I like to stay away from the politics side, yeah, side of things, uh, no matter where <laughs> I am, but it's good to see that, that, it's getting, you know, you're getting recognized and, and there is movements in the right direction. How good is that to see from a player in yourself? And, and as much as you can touch upon, of course, how much more you think can be done, of course, in due time. Yeah. I think it's a year to year basis right now um, with where we're at, but I see this continuing to grow. Absolutely. I see it being a sustainable pro league, um, what we've been able to do and our man league management and commissioner Ty Tamina and owners have been able to do these last two years is incredible in my eyes. Um, you know, we've doubled the salary cap this year and next year they're more than doubling it. They're adding, you know, health benefits, all these things. Um, yeah. And it's so huge. Yeah. You know, not only is it the recognition, but it's, you know, giving the players for one, you know, what they deserve and with, more money, I think it comes more of a commitment. And I think you'll just see better athletes, you know, like obviously if I had the option and if we all got paid the way, you know, the guys get paid, we'd be training way more, you know, we wouldn't maybe have these other jobs that take up a lot of our days. Um, so I think every step gets us closer to where, you know, we want to be. And I think we've taken huge strides. Um, I personally am so excited uh, for next year and the future of this league um, for years to come. And obviously, you know, at the end of the day, we're doing this so that you know, the young girls, they have a league to dream of something that as kids, we didn't, you know, it was, you know, you want to be, play on the Olympic team or you want to play in the NHL, you know, you didn't have a women's pro league to look up to. Um, and, you know, in Toronto, I know all the other teams have it the same, but we have such a great group of young girls in our community that look up to us and, and it's super present um, around the rink and, and everything like that. So it, it's special and, you know, I'm grateful to be able to play um, here. Absolutely. Everyone, if you're just tuning in now, I'm in episode 55 with Emma Woods, number 67 for the Toronto Six in the Premier Hockey Federation. This episode is sponsored by The Bottom Line, downtown Toronto restaurant and bar, 22 Front Street, the official restaurant of the Hockey Hall of Fame as well. Emma, as we continue moving on here, there's also a different change in the organization with the ownership change. Like I said, I stay far away from politics, but it looks like, you know, what I've seen on social media and the articles that I read, um, former NHLer, one of them anyways, Anthony Stewart is coming on as in, in the ownership group. He's with Sportsnet also now uh, and, a, and a few other very big, important people. But I'd like you to, you know, as much as you can touch upon those people and how big 
that is for the league, the country, and your team in general? Yeah, it's huge. I think to get the support from people, you know, like that, you know, with that credibility and, and status, um, obviously, yeah, you know, you take that and it, that means a lot, but then for them to be investing in us as players, I think, you know, it's definitely motivation for us. Um, and I think it looks good, you know, it gives us more recognition too. And hopefully, you know, it draws in more, more players into this league um, because at the end of the day, that's what we want. You know, we want all the best talent on the ice. Um, and I think those, you know, they're obviously hockey minds too, which is, which is important um, in this sport, but I'm excited. You know, I've met a couple of them, but I'm excited to meet the rest of them and, you know, thank, thank them honestly. Um, but, you know, it doesn't change the day-to-day -day stuff, but obviously it's a big step for us. And, uh, and I think we're going to be in good hands. You know, there's, there's only six teams right now within the league and, and for a, you know, sustainable professional league, probably, probably other people are saying, well, you need more teams and you need more, you, you need more support, I guess, from the league, maybe to then get these communities involved. How important in your personal opinion, do you think it is to, you know, get more cities or, or, or maybe another team in Canada, because Toronto is the only team now in, in the nation, right. To get that support and, and expand this to, I don't know, let's just say 10 to 12 to hopefully 16. Is it, is that truly a long, long-term plan or can it be done within at least a, a season or two to get at least more teams in? Yeah, well, they're actually adding two teams next season. Um, and one's going to be in Montreal, which obviously is a huge <laughs> hockey yeah. here in Canada. So, um, yeah, that's going to be huge. So, obviously, next year, that means there'll be eight teams. They'll probably honestly see how that goes, the support yeah. we're able to get with that. Um, and obviously, yeah, you need, you need more players too, right? So, obviously, as we continue to grow and get more players, they're going to be able to add more teams. I obviously can't really answer the question specifically um i really don't know but i'm excited to have two more teams added you know obviously it lengthens our season a bit which we all would love obviously right now we have a short season it's you know you can't really go through the highs and the lows you kind of just got to go in every single game is, is like a playoff game uh which is awesome that's what we want it to be but um i'm excited to have a couple more teams added and obviously with that added more games to the schedule as well also um of, of course of course but the 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 covid how is the covid uh I guess, I guess we're still in COVID. It's, 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 it's on the tail end of it, hopefully, but yeah. uh, is there still a lot of COVID restrictions within the league and how different, I guess, dating to last season uh, was it to play during the pandemic? Yeah, obviously there's barriers, um, but I think everyone's done a good job of following, following all the rules um, strictly. You know, we obviously all have med staff and trainers and all these people who keep us on the, all that stuff, um, you know, testing every single week certain protocols if there are positive tests um throughout the league um with travel obviously just having everything prepared um i think preparation is the biggest thing with that when we're traveling obviously we have to go over the border for all of our games but you know we've we've done a good job in not letting it affect us really wreck our flow of things you know we handle it when it needs to be handled and we do the testing we do all the right things so you um I, I if i'm not mistaken you yeah absolutely <laughs> and, and that's you know it's always important to be safe right because <laughs> you, you just don't know you don't want to get into the playoffs and then all of a sudden you know uh, something bad happens right I don't, I don't want to say it I don't want to have a broadcast yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean so it all it always is best and it's crazy to me to see all these people breaking COVID protocol here COVID protocol I just guys you you here she is a pro you know you just just stay stay in intact 
Um, if I'm not mistaken, you guys had an outdoor game not so long ago, didn't you? Mm-hmm. How was that? Because we saw the Leafs um, unfortunately lose to Buffalo, but that's another that's another story. Uh, and and obviously the OHL now Hamilton and Oshawa, the Bulldogs and the Generals have an outdoor game too. You guys uh, went to Buffalo, if I'm not mistaken, and played the Buttes in in Buffalo in an outdoor game. Doesn't it just feel a totally different vibe? And I'm playing outdoors. Like, you know, you hear it all the time. This is where we started. Outdoors is, is the real hockey and, and, you know, so on and so forth. But how, how was that? Cause that must've been cool. It was really cool. Yeah. They had a really cool facility there. Um, obviously we didn't get the result of that game that we wanted, but um, overall it was a cool experience. I have actually never played in like a structured official outdoor game. So I think a lot of the girls had the same thing. Um, so that was fun for us. Um, yeah, obviously it does change. It doesn't change the way you play, but the atmosphere and everything, um, is different, but it was a ton of fun. It was a beautiful day. I mean, we couldn't really ask the ice was good. Um, obviously that's always something that's going to be too warm or whatever, but, uh, it was good. It was a lot of fun. Um, I hope that, you know, next year we do something like that again, hopefully at home, maybe. Hey, that that would be cool. That'd be cool coming, uh, yeah. having having a game, having a game here in Toronto, where wherever wherever it could be or maybe. Um, as we mentioned, you know, the the last weekend of games um, are coming up against Connecticut, um, and the playoffs are looming. How how pumped is the dressing room? How pumped are the girls to to hopefully bring this this uh, championship home in really the second season? Of, uh, of Toronto six history. Yeah, we're, we're pretty fired up. We have a really close group of girls. Uh, I think we're all pretty much best friends in our locker room. Uh, so obviously that adds something to it, but, uh, you know, we've gone through a lot of adversity this year and I don't think we've really skipped a beat. Uh, you know, we've had a couple losses and I think that's made us stronger as a group. Um, but we're going to treat this weekend like a, like a playoff game against Connecticut. Obviously we're in the, we're chasing or racing them for first place. We, I think we have one point on them right now. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a couple of tight games and then, you know, we kind of got to leave it all out there. You know, there's hopefully four games left for us and hopefully we bring back a cup. Um, you know, it's time, obviously we've been here for two years, but we wanted that cup last year. We didn't get it. So we're coming back uh, and um, yeah, we're excited and we're ready. Absolutely. And, and the playoffs in, in the PHF now, break it down for everyone, how it works. If, if, if you don't mind, because, you know, it's not a, a conventional playoff that we see like within the NHL or so on and so forth, isn't it? Yeah, no, with the six teams. So I, the bottom four teams will play uh, in a quarterfinal game. Um, and then top two teams get a buy into the semis, which will be played on the Sunday in Florida. And then the finals will be on the Monday. But it's um, single knockout, right? Yeah. Single knockout. Um, obviously, yeah, moving forward. And, you know, I personally kind of hope they start doing like a series, but I totally understand you know why they have to do it this way. And, you know, at least it's in Florida. I'm pumped for that. So. Yeah. I guess the only thing they could possibly do is a best of three, but even that with six teams, it's, you know, that I agree with them kind of, it is. That's the thing, right? We're we're still growing. And I think, you know, all these decisions they're made for a reason. um, And we trust the process and we trust, you know, the wise. So make the best always. And you say, you say the growing and, and that's a perfect segue because that's what I want to touch upon you know, for the most part, lastly, uh, the growth of women's hockey, we see the Canadian women's national team, you know, winning Olympic gold. I mean, they always seem to be in that final anyways, but getting the gold back, um, which, which is big. You played in the same league as Jamie Lee Rattray in the 
CWHL. And I saw one season she was third in scoring and you, you weren't too far, too far under. Is it awesome to see that, you know, the Canadian woman, they lost four years ago in a devastating fashion in a shootout, but they come back and, and they, and they come back firing, but then the Olympic women's soccer team winning gold in the summer. How important is it for these championships now for people to try to invest the money into women's hockey, women's soccer, and, and the growth of women's sports in Canada? Yeah, it's huge. Obviously when, when people see you winning, uh, they're going to be more attracted to something like that. Um, but you know, you, you put those athletes out on the platform and, and they, you know, they really bring a lot of recognition to our sports when they, when they have success like that. Um, obviously we're always going to be rooting for them. Um, you know, obviously I, I hope sometime soon that I'm going to be playing against all those girls again, um, in a league. Um, and we'll, I think we'll get there, but you know, it's good to see them win. Um, it's good for the sport. It's good for, you know, the sport of soccer when they're winning It's good for hockey. Um, you know, the young girls watching that, the investors, the people um, watching on all that stuff. It's good. What do you, what do you think finally in your, in your personal opinion that, I don't know, just in the general aspect, not even within your league, that women's hockey needs um, other than of course, I guess the simple answer, which is money are people investing in it more, but is there anything else that, you know, this, these females, you females need in any woman's hockey league, I guess in North America to, to really propel you into some sort of, I guess, better or positive direction. I think we're on the right track. Um, I think right now, you know, I don't think I personally would even ask for much more than what we've been given. I'm super grateful for all the people who are investing in us right now. And next year, you know, it's even more of an investment. Um, you know, a lot of the girls are gonna be able to make a livable wage. Um, you know, if you choose to have something on the side, you know, that's great. And I think obviously most of us are used to that and probably will, but there's gonna be more resources with more money comes more resources, more time commitment and all these things. Um, and I think it's every single season, we're going to just keep on that path. Um, you know, moving into next season, I don't know if I could ask for much more. I'm, I'm I think it, they put us in a good place next year um, to have, you know, success as, as organization and, and as athletes. Um, obviously, you know, there's standards for every player. Um, that's obviously me speaking. I can't speak for everyone, but uh, I think we're on the right path. Uh, absolutely. Well, and, and not just that, you know, you get the gear too. I mean, a lot of gear is pretty sweet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's nothing. That's nothing compared to what, what you need. Right. Yeah. Um, listen, Emma, I, I, I really do appreciate you jumping on. We, uh, people don't know. We, we've been talking for a little bit to try to try to get this going, obviously clear with the lovely, uh, the lovely PR people at the yeah. at Toronto six. Sometimes I got to go through that way. Sometimes I don't, but Hey, I respect everyone's job in general. So listen, Emma, I appreciate you coming on. Um, it means a lot. I'm, I'm happy to have you as the first female on an episode of the show. And I want to continue to have more and more and more. And, and that's, that's my plan and, and branch out as, as well. So if you can get me anyone, then uh, just let's, let's hook it up. Let's hook it yeah. up. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to hound you too much, but if you can't yeah. get me anyone, let, let's, let's hook it up because it, it's good to have, it's good to have a platform where I can have people that meet, you know, the criteria of the show and, and me even learning from, like I said, we're the same age, but me learning from, from you on where you've been or, or how you got to where you got to and, and learn different aspects of, of, you know, the females and, and what they go through in, in their professional career. So I really appreciate you coming on. 
Absolutely. I appreciate it, Nick. I'm sure we'll be in touch lots. <laughs> hey, hey I, I, I'll tell you one thing. I got no shame. I'll, I'll message and say, hey, can you get me yeah. this? Do you, you say you're too much? Okay, that's it. I'll stop. I'll pull back. No, Hello. but um, thank you, though. I, I really, I really do appreciate it. I know the tail end of the season's coming, but best of luck uh, the rest of the way. And hopefully uh, you girls bring home the cup. I hope so. That's the plan. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. No problem. Everyone, number 67 for the Toronto Six, Emma Woods on episode number 55. I can't believe it. Of Mamma Mia, this is Fire Talk. Visit www.mamma Mia, this is Fire Talk for all your needs of the show and t shirts, hats, long sleeves, and hoodies as well. Follow the Toronto Six as they're in their last weekend of games and in a playoff push, hopefully going all the way in the Premier Hockey Federation this season. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate your support. Support This episode was sponsored by The Bottom Line, 22 Front Street, downtown Toronto. Hashtag Toronto's classiest sports bar. Stay safe out there, and mamma mia. <laughs> now Davis takes it and looks to come the other way. Davis is in, trying to drive, and he will look to go across. Good play to Davis, though, to get it right back to him. He goes down low to Israel's. Centering, it's there. Scores! Stevie, Stevie, Stevie! Stephen Whittle scores his first OJHL playoff goal for the Oak Bell Blades. This game is opening up in a big way for both teams. Ricketts centering. What a pass. Israel's breakaway. The move. Scores! What a goal for the Alaska Fairbanks commit. The assistant captain, Harrison Israels, with an absolute dandy. Download Alliance. Jack Lyons centering. Scores! The double jacks combine as the, that puck popped up like a jack in a box. And it's Jack Ricketts from Jack Lyons. 6 1 on the 40th shot of the game. It's all over. Well, like Smith hits it in. A chance here can develop, but the Blades will look to take it. And, is, and Ricketts finds Israels. Breakaway Israels. A chance back in. Rebound. That was Mamma Mia! This is Fire Talk with Nicholas Fiore. Thank you for watching and listening, and stay tuned for the next episode.